Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Signe Myers Hovum. She is the author of The Space in Between, an empath's field guide. She has created homes on five continents over 20 years, raised four uniquely sensitive children, and worked as a spiritual counselor in Houston, Texas, and taught workshops and trainings in the art of being an empath and the power of language in many countries around the world. She splits her time between Boulder, Colorado and Oslo, Norway. Thank you, Signe, for joining me today to talk about your book, The Space in Between. I am so excited. Look at this. You have a lot of notes. (laughs) I do. Um, I just thought it was fascinating and incredible. And actually, I went back a few times to read through it. And I I think whenever I have questions about empathy, I'm going to come back and use your field guide. So, um, So thank you for joining me. And let's just jump right in and tell me what inspired your book. Um, I have to say it's actually um, coming to terms with my own sensitivities and realizing because um, I'm, I'm I have a very practical kind of foundation to myself and I everything I was encountering um, seemed to really be either fear-based or counterintuitive advice being given to people like such as protect yourself armor up and so that, that made me realize that this is a subject that could really benefit from being demystified mm-hmm. and, you know, brought down and, and defined. Because I think um, that's what I was encountering was uh, confusing messages, either in mass media or the way that people would present themselves. And, you know, so I just really felt that it was time um, to have a larger conversation with a lot more definitions um, kind of laid out, like taking apart an engine and going, okay, let's let's identify all the parts that make this engine run. Yes, yes. I got that from your book and it was, it's just incredible. And so talk about the space in between the title. What does that mean? It has, you know, you could look at it very, different ways depending on how you're experiencing it but as an empathic person meaning that you have a sensitivity to feeling um, energy within a space or from a person uh, or from the land and there may not and it's not originating from you and there may not necessarily be a person in the room for you to say oh it's from that person so it it has kind of this unknown origin and it really highlights that a, a sensitive empathic person is kind of in between spaces. They, they're kind of hovering there in the physical realm as well as the energetic realm. And when I say energetic, you know, we have emotions, we have thoughts, and yet we don't really see them, right? They're non-physical and they're energy. And so I just wanted to say, you know, when I discuss energy fields, it's as simple as, you know, what is um, experienced, but yet not seen. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so talk a little bit about what the difference is between empathic and empathy. Right, that's a great thing to, you know, this is one of those engine blocks I tried to take apart. Um, so empathy is accessible on the physical and the energetic realm. So empathy is like this um, experience that you can host yourself based on your own emotional awareness. Okay. Um, but what is different is when you are empathic and you're picking up something energetically, not on the physical realm. And an example of that is if I were to see something, um, say an accident, uh, I could have, and I've been in an accident, I could instantly have some empathy for what this person is going to have to go through to either recover or just, you know, even if it was a minor accident, you know, the insurance issues and whatnot, I could have a lot of empathy, but that was based on me seeing something and bringing it back to my own life experiences. But when you can feel something that doesn't originate from you and you pick it up, meaning you suddenly feel a shift in your mood or you suddenly have invasive thoughts that really weren't reasonable for you to be having or you have a physical pain. Um, I'm a physical empath, so I get uh, body aches. Um, that then isn't relying on you having seen something. And it's more about your uh, ability to, to, to recognize you've received some information. And that is empathic. So I like to really help people understand that if you're hosting empathy, it's an emotional awareness and a personal development skill that you have. Because not everybody um, can host empathy. But, you know, there are people who it just does not come natural. And then there's others that they can almost have too much empathy, but so that's something you are developing within yourself. But when you are empathic, you are receiving intuitively um, sensory information. And so that's more of a nervous system. That's more of a sensory perception. So you can see they're really completely different things. And so that's why when I, I, I do read and people do use the word empathic a lot to mean empathy. And what I'd like to say is you, you want the word empathetic um, to say, you know, somebody has a lot of empathy or empathetic. When you use the word empathic, I tend to think, okay, you're talking about the energetic realm, intuitive sensory perception. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Now, if someone has come to the conclusion that they're an empath, they're empathic, how, how do you think they arrived at that label for themselves? How do you recognize that? That's, a, you know, that's the interesting question of the day, because, you know, when I was younger and, um, you know, this was not a really common uh, word that was floated around. Um, and I honestly didn't really hear the word until I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and, you know, started to understand that this was more about um, intuition and sensory perception. Um, but nowadays, it seems to be just a very almost buzzword 
um, the amount of people and, and it's awesome if, you know, there is such an awakening that people are having that they are sensitive, they are honoring their intuit intuition. Um, I just, for myself and in my, at the book, I, I just want to caution people though of going straight for the, the noun as an empath um, because it is a journey and there is an arc of an awareness that you gain. And, you know, so for myself, I was initially overwhelmed and, um, and I didn't know what to do with all my sensitivities. So I would say that, you know, for many years, I was not an empath. I was simply empathic, um, you know, needing to learn the skills and, you know, turn inward and gain an awareness of what was happening and kind of bring that more on board. And when I got more and more comfortable with this, and also I recognized, you know, that the idea that you needed to protect yourself was kind of um, redundant because your empathic nature is a form of um, protection and gives you information from the environment. And so, you know, I had to really reframe and have a personal relationship and independent study, you know, to really say, you know, confidently, yes, I, I am an empath. Um, and, you know, so the people of today, um, I share this sometimes that, you know, I have somebody, a friend who had gone to a therapist recently and the therapist told them that they were an empath and suggested they get some books. And so, you know, she immediately went to that declaration, I'm an empath, whereas I would have, um, I'm sorry, my phone just started to make noise on me. Um, <laughs> That's okay. And so, um, you know, so I just feel that the, you know, going straight to the label without taking time to really understand what you're identifying, what you're aligning to, um, you know, it can complicate it a bit. Yeah, I can see that. It's, it's figuring out, are you, you know, just displaying empathy or are you an empath and what that entails? And I think that your book, goes through that and will help somebody trying to figure out if they are an empath. Now with your own experience, what it, tell us what, how you came to know that you were an empath, like what was different and unique about how your experiences for, for, for an empath? Right. Well, I'm a spiritual counselor and, you know, I had been um, working doing energy work. Um, I didn't use the title healer because I feel that um, saying healer kind of implied that I needed people to heal. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that everyone is whole and they're here in life and they're experiencing um, growth in their own particular unique way. And I just would like to support them on that journey. Um, so I, um, for myself, you know, part of the tools that I used in doing energy work is that because I'm a physical empath, I can feel what's going on in the person's body, or I might be able to pick up emotions. And it just helps me. It's like a guidance for me in what I am assisting this person in, sure. you know, so 
I was already using an in-pass skill in my work as a spiritual counselor, you know? So when I would give my business card out, it's a spiritual counselor. It doesn't say in-pass. Um, so, but what I've discovered on my, you know, trying to go through my childhood, kind of understand what is mine, which is a very important thing. And this is why I think people who are empathic, um, you're partly empathic because it's helping you turn within understand your life experiences and your stories and where do you have empathy and um you know because you really need to know yourself and your stories your triggers before you're ever available really to help other people or have the capacity to help other people and um so you know when i started to do more of my own listening to my story um things settled down actually rather than being overwhelmed um i i gained clarity i gained boundaries um i gained a ton of compassion uh, for myself and for others because really when you're picking up something from someone else um it's what they haven't processed right so that's why it's out there they if you if you were a if you were a factory and you're processing um, you're, you know, it's inside, you're, you're working on it, you're owning it, you're looking over it. But when you haven't processed something and it's kind of flushed out um, and you pick this up, it's, uh, it really, you, if you can get to a place of having compassion for what you're feeling because you recognize this person isn't aware or they haven't named what they're feeling or what's too difficult for them to feel, um, it makes it so less combative um, for your environment and your perception of the environment, mm -hmm. because the environment is not out to get you. Yeah. You, know, you just happen to have a larger receptivity for the conversations that are going on. And, and that's what I, that's part of the demystification. I'm hoping people will come away with reading the book because, you know, really, if you look at life, um, it, there's three aspects to life everything around you is doing three things it's it's either communicating something it's a message being received and so you you know to communicate you need a receiver a transmitter and the message mm -hmm. and we are fluctuating our biology is constantly fluctuating with this too all your synapses all your biochemical you know there's just this constant um oscillation between these three states. And so an empathic person or an intuitive person, um, they just are open to a larger conversation that's going on that maybe other people aren't picking up. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I actually uh, do Reiki and mm -hmm. I, I can, I don't see myself picking up the sensories in the environment if I'm just at a restaurant or if just talking with a friend. But if I am giving Reiki to someone, they are in the presence with me. I'm not giving a uh, distance Reiki, I'm giving it, you know, in person. I can pick up messages um, and I consider it intuitive. But uh, in your book, you mentioned how 
it's been related to the paranormal. And I've struggled with that. And I don't tell many people that I do Reiki because number one, I don't feel like it's paranormal. And number two, I don't feel psychic. So I thought it was very interesting that you were demystifying this, this, the word empath, because I think more people will come forward if they're not labeled as a witch, uh, a psychic. And so can you, can you speak more to this whole demystification? Yeah, I, um, one of the things that was big for me was, and it took me a long time to write this book, was to find the language in which it would be accessible to people who are mildly curious or maybe wondering if they are or if they know someone. I wanted to, to make it um, an easy entry into at least contemplating these ideas. And one of the things, I, I have a chapter called Breaking Down a Bias. And part of this is looking at um, the dictionary and its role in keeping it paranormal and um, making it more difficult for people to language themselves to themselves and to others. Because, you know, if you go to the dictionary and empath has the origin of a science fiction or fantasy and paranormal. And so all of this in a research resource that's considered an authority um, doesn't help us. And so this is why part of my book is, you know, how let's like look at forming a campaign and maybe getting them to update yes. the de definition there and normalize it a little bit more. Um, but it's also about separation consciousness, which is where, you know, you have this um, kind of a programming that we're born into, you know, unintentionally, but uh, the generations that have been in the past seem to really have a right, wrong, black, white, um, you know, yes, the gray is coming out and people are able to be a little bit more neutral and not be jumping to uh, judgment and projections immediately. Because when you have empathy, which is a beautiful gift, um, empathy allows you to kind of hold somebody and still value them as a person, but maybe their behavior wasn't brilliant, but you're not, you know, you're not condemning them. And but also part of separation is thinking that we're a body and we're in the physical realm. And then there's this energetic, very mystical, spiritual, um, unknown veil. You know, there's this, stuff you just can't figure out and so we're going to leave it over there and my my hope is that people understand that you know we're both physical and energy yeah. and the more we can bring these two ideas or realities together integratively we become more of a whole person mm -hmm. and we accept our emotions and we can you know look at our thoughts and particularly belief systems that are limiting us and um, so I, for myself, the more we honor this kind of bioenergetic um, reality, the more people are going to say, oh, you do Reiki. That's really interesting. I would like to know more about it. 
as opposed to, you know, secretly kind of going, oh my God, she's, what is she up to? (laughs) (laughs) What hasn't she been telling us? You know, or, oh my goodness, she can read my thoughts. (laughs) There's a lot of that. I, you know, and, and so I think on one hand, I was just saying, you know, minutes ago about how I'm like, you know, please don't go directly to empath. Um, but I also want people to get to the point that they can like say, oh, I am an empath, yeah. but they can say it with the, the integrity and the authenticity that they understand what they are. And, you know, I started the book with the quote by Pindar, know who you are and be such. And I think this is the call that I would like everyone, um, sensitive or not, to to really be interested in who are they as a human being. And with all the bells and whistles that we have that we maybe haven't allowed ourselves to investigate because it's just too easy externally to use technology or um, to just buy into a mass media platform and be spoon-fed. Exactly. And that leads to my next question about, can anyone be an empath? And if so, what would that entail in becoming one? Because for example, I, I don't consider myself an empath I, because of, I don't walk into a room and feel energy, but maybe I'm not recognizing it. Maybe. So can anybody be one or, and how would they do that? Right. I, you know, it's interesting because the highly sensitive person label, you know, they have done genetic research with it and they've identified that there is a genetic marker and it's, I think, between 15 and 20 percent of the population um, have that marker. And so can it, and not everyone is obviously a highly sensitive person. Right. So. I'm not comfortable then just kind of um, extrapolating and saying, well, um, highly sensitive person is just another word for empath because that's not necessarily true. And I really try to discuss that in the book as well. Um, But you can be both highly sensitive and empathic. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a spectrum here. I want to say that anyone who has um, a willingness and a excuse me, a willingness to explore their intuitive side. Mm -hmm. And I just, I say intuition is just your ability to read energy and that we do it, we do it without even realizing we're employing intuition. Like, you know, you're driving and you have a sense that this one lane is going to go faster. And how did you have that sense? Well, without maybe you understanding it, your intuitive side read the energy and gave you that kind of nudge, you know? So these are things that are happening in our daily life, but we just don't, um, we just, we don't honor it quite as much as being always present. Mm -hmm. It's more like this mystical thing that comes over and it makes great stories uh, around a dinner table about, oh, my intuition told me to do this as if it was some off board thing, when it was actually a part of you that you've just not maybe, integrated enough or honored enough so the answer about being an empath an empath is somebody if you went from the spectrum of an empathic person which is very passive it means 
our sensories again, it's a sensory thing. So if we look at our five senses that we have that we use primarily to create perception of our environment, there are sight, our smell, our hearing, our touch, our taste. This all helps us build relationship and experiences and a knowingness of what our world is. But empathic sensitivity, such as feeling something, hearing something, smelling some, you know, odor that's, you can't understand why you smell that. These are too passive. They come to the person. It's not like an empath is searching around for things. It comes to them and they either tune into it or they don't, or they, um, you know, say, oh, that's an interesting smell. But if you were to go from oh, that's an interesting smell to what is that smell? Let me go try and find that smell or what's that smell about? You've entered a more active phase. And when you go from passive to active, mm -hmm. that is the threshold for me of when you're going into being an empath. And so, you know, and, and people can be doing this quite naturally, you know, maybe they've never gone to a course or they've never, you know, done a developmental thing or have a mentor, but they've just um, are a curious person by nature, maybe in meditation, they have things come to them and it just develops quite organically. Um, so for me, you know, an empath is knowing that you're going to engage something and, and engage it. I mean, you're not healing a person. Mm -hmm. You're just acknowledging, oh, I'm going to name this. Okay, I feel um, sorrow. And you name it. And so in naming it, you have given it a form that can be addressed either by, um, I'm, you know, I didn't, I didn't create the sorrow, but somewhere it was originated as an origin. So this person is feeling sorrow. And in that moment, you know, I could say a prayer for the unknown person who created the sorrow, or I could counter it by what would, what would help sorrow? What resolution, you know? So in my own way, I'm just kind of approaching it without trying to um, investigate too much because that's stepping over boundaries. Yes. Um, and I think that's another thing that needs to be highlighted is there's a lot of talk about boundaries and about how you need to create boundaries. You need to protect yourself, but a lot of times um, empathic people cross over boundaries, you know, it's like easy to point the finger at other people, you know, this narcissistic person, this and this and that. But, you know, really, if you come back to yourself and ask for your own intentions and motivations for doing or engaging energy, you know, you have to be honest to yourself about your own boundaries and what you may be stepping over. Yeah. Uh I like that advice. Um, when I was reading your book, what struck me was when you said an empath can observe and recognize, but it's not their job to fix anyone or to heal anyone. And I think that is a very powerful message to people who feel like this is coming to me. There's a reason this is coming to me. I I have to find a way to heal this person. Um, so what are your thoughts on someone who, who may feel overwhelmed by all of these, I'm going to say triggers that come to them, these sensations, and 
they don't know what to do with it. And they feel like it's on them to help somebody. Right. And that's a great, um, great question because, you know, and you use the word trigger. So, you know, you already were, you were intuiting the relationship there is that, you know, when we feel something, we have to be honest with ourselves. Is this a mirror? Is this a reflection that we need to look at because it's relevant to our own life? You know, um, because I always find it interesting, you know, if you start getting a theme of what you're picking up and it's also something that's going on in your own life um you know so that that's really an invitation to say okay i need to deal with this for myself mm. you know this has been kind of the environment uh reflecting back to me and the other thing too is that um you know the best way i can describe this is if somebody can understand something for themselves you know like they they process it it is fuel that they can use for their own growth versus you have a therapist or you have somebody um with all good intentions but just you know it's like oh have you ever noticed this pattern that you've got and and you know and they're just kind of um you know, giving this information to the person, even though they might not have asked for it. And it'd be very hard for that person to take it in because one, if they're not aware of that pattern, but you are because you're picking it up, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of, it doesn't derail them, but it takes away um, their own journey or delays it. And, you know, so this is kind of the, the spiritual maturity that I talk about in the book at you know, your ability to witness somebody, you know, yes, you can name what you feel because you're helping clear the environment and naming will help do that. It will help diminish it. Um, But you're not taking away another person's um, spiritual growth. And I don't know if you can think for yourself, um, Annie, about anything that you had an aha moment about that, like the light bulb came on and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe, you know, and, and that's powerful to you. I'm sure it was powerful. Like, you know, but versus if somebody said, oh, hey, did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, this is where the respect, you know, to have respect for each person's journey. Yeah. And, and at the same time, understand if you're feeling something because you're empathic, yes, you're there to help the environment and to possibly support someone. But it's also about yourself. Why would you be picking that up? Like you and I could be two impasse in a room and we could pick up different things. I can be, maybe my emotional body is more sensitive to emotions than, you know, maybe your mental body is more of your, your kind of receptor and you pick up more thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, so it's very customized to your own um your own sensitivity, your own life story. You know, I might be more sensitive to certain things because of things in my life, you know? So this is um, also why I try not to like say one label fits all. Mm -hmm. This is really a guide into yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting that you talk about the mirror reflected back. I hadn't thought about it that way. And that is so eye-opening because 
like you said, you might be picking up something in the environment. And the reason you're picking it up is because it's something you yourself have to work on. So either then start working it on yourself and don't feel like you have to fix the other person. But if it's not something you resonate with, then observe it, you know, clear the space um, and move on. Um, but I just love this whole mirror reflecting because I'm on a spiritual journey. I know that. And mm -hmm. I want to be overcome some things. So I'm going to have to pay more attention to that now. <laughs> right. Because it is, you know, I say there's like, um, you know, boundaries uh, are great. And yeah. the boundary for an empath is to, or an empathic person is to ask, is this mine? Okay. But in asking, is it mine? It's just not like, did it originate for me? And I'm only now becoming aware, yeah. but it's, is it mine? Because it's reflecting something for me to see. Is it mine? Because yes, it's reflecting something for me to see. And I could possibly help with the awareness that I now have. I could also help clear this room a little bit better because I personally can understand what this is about. Mm -hmm. um, there's sometimes, you know, as an empath, you can experience things that are just totally left field and you have no awareness from your own life. And that can be a little bit disorienting because you're like, okay, well, what's this about? <laughs> and, you know, and my, my, my message to people would be, you know, don't jump to trying to label something too quickly. Mm -hmm. um, let it reveal itself. And, you know, and it could reveal itself you know, over the next hour, the next few days, maybe it'll never reveal itself. And it just isn't one of those, okay, well, I don't know what to call that. Um, you know, but it's, it's about being curious, but not being fearful. Mm -hmm. I think too, that's the other thing is, um, you know, to, to help dismantle the fear, um, element. And, and the, one of the reasons I, dismantle the fear element it was when I recognized energetically um you know we all have energy fields that an impasse when you're empathic and you pick up something in the environment your energy fields expand like a, a luggage suitcase with a zipper expander yeah. and this is why we're called a sponge you know we we actually absorb but it doesn't mean we absorb it into our energy fields it just means that it's out there waiting for us to discern what is it mm -hmm. right and we're, we're it's naturally doing what all the other senses do which is if you saw fire you would know okay my environment's you know possibly harmful dangerous I need to prepare or you smell smoke or you see an explode hear an explosion all of these senses are telling you information about your environment and whether you're going to need action to protect yourself your empathic sensitivity is also holding that information, but because it may feel like it's in your body or it might really seriously change your mood or overwhelming with emotion, we feel like it has somehow come into us and it has occupied us when that's really not what's not initially what's happening. So this is the other thing by, by just demystifying, you know, it, hopefully it gives people a little bit more room to say, okay, let me see what this is about. Yes. Yes. And I love your thought about, you know, letting it come to you. And I, I feel like we're not supposed to be, you know, 
oh my gosh, I got to deal with this. I have to do this now. It's there. Just kind of let it be, sit with it rather than being anxious and nervous that something comes, came into your life. Right. Is that that what you're thinking? Yeah. 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 Because, you know, initially when I was a bit overwhelmed, you know, it was like I could barely walk into a, a, a store, particularly an antique store. It's just overwhelming to me initially, you know, but, and I, you know, there are environments I know that will tax me. And so I, I don't, you know, that's not where I go hang out because yeah. <laughs> I know that about myself. Yeah. Um, you know, so this is the other thing is um, you shouldn't, you know, need to cloister yourself away from your life. Yeah. Um, you learn resilience um, by putting yourself into situations that might've been challenging, but the more you give yourself a chance to figure yourself out and what is your triggers and what is your life and what, oh, when I feel that, that usually means this kind of creating a glossary, your own personal glossary, um, that gives you the tools that, okay, you can more immediately go out and say, oh, that, I just picked that up. I, that kind of means this. And, you know, but I have found that when you are honest and you state declare I need time to figure this out or I'm not I don't have the capacity to understand this right now because I've got something else going on in my life Um, but I will get to it and it kind of calms down because you've addressed it you've acknowledged it you you maybe haven't processed it but you at least acknowledged it and you know going to go work on it could mean like journaling about it Mm-hmm. And having an automatic kind of response come through your journaling that gives you insight that you hadn't considered. Mm-hmm. Or it could be going on a walk where, you know, you, you pose the contemplation about it and just see what circulates in through inspiration. You know, these are all ways of um, going within. Yes. Yeah. I like that advice. Now I'm going to have to journal right after this to, to, <laughs> to get to the heart of some things. Um, but okay, so I really appreciate you spending time with us this morning. And um, where can people find your book? Right. Well, my book is available in all major book outlets. Um, I will say that I'm redoing my website and I'm going to have an interactive impact quiz um, by the end of the month up there. So you could, uh, you could go um, www.empathfieldguide.com and it will take you to my website or you could use um, smhovum.com, either one. And the links to where you can buy my book are there as well. But um, I would ask if anyone reads it, I would love to have reviews. Um, this helps an author very much. And I'm also really curious if people would want to use the book as a spiritual book club. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, so if people listening to this have a community or a group that does kind of more spiritual based uh, book clubs, um, I, I reach out to me because, you know, I would be, I would love to kind of sit in or zoom in from Oslo um, to have, you know, field questions. Um, that would be really super fun for me. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, I think you would be great to sit into those and provide guidance. And yeah, I want everybody to read your book. So, <laughs> but um, thank you so much for joining me.
Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.